Welcome in everyone to Football Friday, presented by Angels Alive. Haven't said that one in a while, but uh, yeah, we're back. Uh -huh. <laughs> Haven't had a Friday in a while since the draft last week, but uh, it is the possibly last Friday show for maybe two weeks. It might be another two weeks before we have a Friday show, depending on how the internship is next week. So Nice. Uh, but yeah, good show today. We got uh, some schedule talk, a couple of contracts that we got numbers on, a big extension, some visits, USFL week four, and then uh, we'll wrap it up talking rookies and the draft for the AFC South, um, starting back up with our eighth round series. So I think I have this up here. It's kind of weird. We didn't have lines for the uh, USFL games. They only had the totals. They didn't have the spreads out for some reason. There's a game tonight, so... Uh, but anyways, starting some news, um, I didn't put the, the, uh, Jordan Addison news on here, <laughs> uh, since he did officially turn, uh, enter the portal, but that's whatever. Uh, the NFL schedule release show, uh, will be on next Thursday, this upcoming Thursday. March, uh, May 12th, 8 p.m., NFL Network. Um, hyped for that. I will be in my hotel in Dunn, North Carolina, uh, watching it, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, that will, or they will release the entire schedule on Thursday. But we did get, um, the international games announced this past week. So we there's five of them this year. Three in London, one in Germany, and one in Mexico City. Uh, first one ever in Germany for the NFL. But uh, the games are starting October 2nd. The Vikings at the Saints in London. Uh, and then we have the next week, October 9th. That is the Giants at the Packers. So you have to get up early in the fall to watch the Packers yep. game. Uh, to watch them annihilate Daniel Jones. <laughs> in Wembley. Um, and then the next one, skip a couple weeks to October 30th. Uh, Broncos at the Jags. That is... Uh, the last game in London. And then November 13th, we have the Seahawks at the Bucks. That is the game in Munich, Germany. And then the last one, November 21st, 49ers at the Cardinals. NFC West matchup in Mexico City, Mexico. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. At least there's, at least there's two... Decent matchups. <laughs> yeah, Vikes, Vikes, and uh, Saints should be pretty competitive, I think. And you said 
Cardinals San Fran, right? The Mexico yeah. City game. That should be pretty good. Hey, I wouldn't sleep on uh, Broncos Jags. The Jags are, you know, home favorites there. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's a home game. Trevor Lawrence might give Russ something. Uh, I believe yes. it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, got some numbers on some of the contracts we or the deals we announced last show. Um, so the Texans signing Seahawks defensive end Rasheen Green, his deal is one year, three and a quarter million. So pretty decent deal for him at this point. Um, and then. I couldn't say the same for 49ers corner Jason Verrett, who re-signed with San Fran uh, one year, and he got uh, the team got the veteran salary benefit for his contract, so he has a 895000 cap charge. Wow, that's good for San Fran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had one release today. Um, disappointed Chris isn't here. I'd like to get his thoughts on it. <laughs> Not that he really probably has any thoughts on it. But uh, Jets released offensive lineman Greg Van Rotten. Uh, $3.5 million cap savings there for New York. All right, the, uh, the big extension we had this week, the Falcons got a deal done with their star defensive tackle Grady Jarrett. Three years, $51 million, uh, $34.5 million guaranteed. And uh, more than likely, that brings him to retire as a Falcon. I don't know if he turned 30 already. I know he will be 30 mm-hmm. this season. So, Yeah, yeah, he's getting up there. Literally the only thing they have. <laughs> Other yeah. than Kyle Pitts. And Drake London now, I guess. We'll see, I guess, if that <laughs> pans out. If if Mariota can get him the ball. Yeah. Or Desmond Ritter. Mariota gets hurt. True. Uh, the Steelers, they signed safety DeMonte KZ, one-year, $1 million base salary there. Um, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> right. The more the merrier. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he's going to play safety or linebacker, whatever. So. Uh, the Commanders, they signed a uh, longtime Bengal, and he spent 21 with the Panthers. Uh, wide receiver, kick returner Alex Erickson. So that should boost some of their special teams there and depth at receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, the couple of visits here, the Chargers. Hosted Patriots linebacker Kyle Van Noy. Um, and the Falcons hosted Raiders linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski. Uh, I think Van Noy, they said, should more than likely sign with the Chargers. I think he did. I think he did um, okay. earlier today. And I know they said Kwiatkowski had a couple more visits lined up too. Mm. So. Some off-ball linebackers getting some love at this point in the offseason <laughs> yes sir <laughs> those are my boys <laughs> that's what i played my senior year so <laughs> uh okay usfl week four here 
Just make sure there wasn't anything else that popped up. Nope, okay. So, uh, tonight, Stars at the Panthers. Um, both 1 and 2, trying to get to 500. And Stars, uh, we'll have to see what Case Cookus looks like for a whole game because um, Brian Scott released a message on social media that he was headed home uh, because his injury, he's out indefinitely uh, with his injury. I don't know exactly what it is. I think it's a knee. So um, we'll see. I, I'm not sure who they signed uh, <clears throat> to back case cook us up. I should probably look at that, find that somewhere. But, yeah, that for that reason, I'm most definitely taking the Panthers. I mean, the offense still is concerning for me for Michigan, but their defense – like I said in a past show, is the best one in the USFL. They have a lot of 11, 10, and zero points in three games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and it <laughs> sounds like they're going to be able to put Chase Cookus in the blender then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, it'll be a low-scoring game. I think we'll get 36.5 is, is not a lot, but – I think we'll keep it under 36 and a half. Mm. Like I said, I don't know why they haven't put lines out yet, spreads, um, unless they have now. Nope. I can understand why they wouldn't put out a spread for this game with not knowing Case Cook is. I mean, he's got to mm. be. He has to be the starter, but I don't know. There's not. There's not spreads for any of the four games this weekend on Fox Sports anyways. Uh, that one is tonight. It's a late one. 10 p.m. start. Wow. Eastern on uh, FS1. I don't know why. I don't know why they're starting it that late, but whatever. Yeah, maybe so they don't have to compete with the NBA playoffs. Maybe. True. Just trying to see. Well, at least on Fox Sports, they don't have. I was just trying to see if they had a roster update in terms of. Mm. If they added somebody. Yeah. That's what's hard with some of these leagues is like, you know, to to find transactions. Yeah. It's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they haven't they don't show another quarterback on the roster right now. Anyways, I'm sure they have someone. Uh <clears throat> but yeah, ten PM FS one tonight for that game. I will be working, so I will not be able to watch that. Um also won't be able to watch this one tomorrow because it's on Peacock. Uh, Generals at the Maulers, over under 35 and a half, Jersey. I mean, <laughs> I'm going with the best run game in the league. Over 200 rushing yards per game on offense for the Generals. Uh, or no, they're, they're exactly at 200. 
for three weeks. And uh, they they only allow 59 rushing yards per game. I mean, and, and that's what we know. That's what Coach Wilson wants to do with Pittsburgh and Garrett Groshek and Madre London. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> I doubt it will, they will be able to do that. Yeah. Pittsburgh yeah, also. I mean, oh, go ahead. I mean, when you can when you can establish the run and then stop the run, I mean, you're you're at such an advantage as a football team, especially in like kind of like a league like this. I mean, where the quarter play, quarterback play isn't as good, I guess. Yeah, and I mean that's where that's where uh, Jersey really shines too, because you know they have the best dual threat quarterback in the league with DeAndre Johnson. Mm. Yeah, I'm kind of upset that it's on Peacock because I would have liked to tune in. <laughs> um, I haven't gotten to watch any of these games yet with uh, with our law school schedule and all that. But uh, I-, I was hoping to tune in for the Generals one just to get, get my eyes on him. But I have to wait another week. That's all right. Sign up. It's $5 a month. <laughs> Uh, I didn't get my subscription yet because I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch the games with my internship so Uh, at least the games on Peacock which are usually day games on Saturdays I think so far the couple have been day games on Saturdays Uh, but also in this game the Generals or the Maulers their offense is absolutely terrible. 8.7 points per game. Yeah. 8. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a tough scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I'm rolling with the Generals. Who are consequently in first place in the USFL North Division. Mm-hmm. By a game, They are a game up on the Stars and Panthers. The second game tomorrow, uh, the Bandits at the Stallions. Big matchup. Um, This will probably be the best matchup of the weekend. Uh, The last two games, I think, are going to be really good. Um, But, yeah, hometown team still undefeated. You know there's going to be a good crowd. There always is with all three of their games so far. But I have to stick to my guys and Todd Haley, Jordan Ta'amu, Tampa Bay Bandits. Um, You know, when you look at the stats, (laughs) they're all in in Birmingham's favor. Uh, Highest scoring team in the league, 27.7 points per game. Um, You know, 205 passing yards. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. They, they are pretty close. Mm. Decently close, anyways. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, if it was, if you thought, since you've been watching some of these games, if you thought that it was, like, primarily home field advantage is why, they, that, why Birmingham was 
so good. But it sounds like they are just pretty good team. Yeah, and the thing is, like, all three of their games, it's not like they've been destroying people. You know, mm. they won against, they beat the Generals week one by four. They beat the Gamblers week two by five. And they beat the Breakers, which was a shocker to me anyways, by nine. Mm-hmm. So, it's been one score games, considering one score <laughs> game is nine points in the USFL. Yeah. Uh, but, and they have a good quarterback, talking about DeAndre Johnson for the Generals, they have a good quarterback themselves with uh, Jamar Smith. 581 passing yards, five touchdowns through three games. And also they have a pretty good defense. Uh, But I got to stick to my guys. Uh, Even though Tampa is only scoring 15.7 points per game, that really is only because of their week two matchup when they only scored three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last week they they beat a pretty good team, I think, in the Houston Gamblers in a comeback effort, 27-26. So I don't know. I, I think it'll be good. I just I got to stick with Tampa. I don't – we'll see. We'll I like how, it, man. I like how it. Much, we'll see how long the Stallions can can keep it going and keep the home field advantage. Yeah. Got to stick to your guns. Uh, and also, if they if they could beat them, the, uh, it'd be interesting to see what the how the tiebreakers work for the standings because that would obviously put these two together. Uh-huh. Three and one, but the uh, over under forty one and a half. I'm hitting the over button. Uh, I'll be a little bit close, but I think they can get it there. Is this that? Is this the first over you would be you would hit? Because I know we had talked about on previous episodes that you'd hammer the under on all these. Yeah, I think especially when you're looking at a team like Birmingham, I mean, all all their games have been pretty high scoring. Mm-hmm. Like the last one only got 35 points. So I think that was kind of the outlier. But their their other two games, you know, we've hit 52 and 61. So I think with Birmingham alone, you got to go with the over. Uh, this one... Oh, I forgot to say, the last one, I mentioned it was on Peacock, but that's 2.30 Eastern on Peacock. This one's 7 p.m. on Fox tomorrow. Nice. Uh, and then the last game of the weekend on Sunday, the Houston Gamblers at the New Orleans Breakers. Um, this is a tough choice. But I think I'm going to stick with my preseason number two team in the Breakers uh, because they're quarterback. I know I feel like I talk a lot about quarterbacks, but Kyle Sloter has been one of the best quarterbacks 
in the USFL so far. Uh, I believe he leads the league in passing, 657 yards through three games. Make sure that is... Yeah, yeah, he leads the league in passing. Um, the interesting thing about this game, though, is we're going to see what wins out, the passing game or the running game, because the Gamblers have the number one ball carrier in the league. Mark Thompson leads the league with 310 rushing yards through three games, averaging over 100 yards per game on the ground, which is kind of crazy because Houston only averages 132 per game. Um, <laughs> like Mark Thompson gets all their all their yards. Yeah. So no cow. <laughs> yeah. It's two hundred twelve point seven passing yards versus one hundred thirty two rushing yards per game. Both score mm. almost uh, around twenty three points per game. Uh, I think the difference though, the Breakers' defense, you can see vast differences between the the defenses when you look at the side by side stats. Uh, the Breakers give up fourteen points per game. Houston gives up twenty four. Um, it's a it's same thing with rushing and passing yards. Passing yards, hundred forty two yards against per game, two hundred nine. Mm-hmm. And then hundred eight rushing yards allowed, one sixty four point three. So I think the biggest thing that that passing yards allowed is going to give a big boost to Kyle Sloter in the mm-hmm. Lakers offense there. Yeah. Ty goes to the defense. Yeah. <laughs> um, also over under 41 and a half. Probably looking at another over, too. Um The Breakers, three games. We had uh, 40, 37, and 35. The Gamblers, three games. 29, 61, and 53. So it might be close, just like I said the the last one might be close too. It'll probably be close, but I think the breakers do enough to get it just over. I like it. I like that we're seeing some of these overs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's just a it's just an educated guess. It's all I can give the people out there. <laughs> I don't know who actually is gambling on USFL. I would if I was actually betting right now, but I cannot afford to bet currently with an unpaid internship coming up. So uh, it's very shrewd. I like it. <laughs> but yeah, that is USFL Week Four picks: uh, Panthers, Generals, Bandits, and Breakers. Go in, uh, I think I said under, under, over, over. Mm-hmm. And this one, 3 p.m. NBC on Sunday. Okay.
AFC South, we are in the eighth round, as we like to call it at FAA. So, here are the first picks for all four of the AFC South teams. We got Trayvon Walker, number one overall to the Jags. Derek Stingley Jr., number three to the Texans. Kenyon Green, number 15 to the Texans as well. Uh, Traylon Burks, number 18 to the Titans. Devin Lloyd, 27th overall to the Jags. And then the Colts' first pick came at number 53 overall in the second round, Alec Pierce. Um, to start off, just hit the Jags here. So I said Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd. They didn't have a second-round pick. Uh, third round, they went center Luke Fortner out of Kentucky, 65th overall. Uh, and then they got one of my guys also in their, the third round, linebacker Chad Muma, Wyoming, 70th overall. Uh, they didn't have a fourth-round pick, but in the fifth round took running back Snoop Connor, Ole Miss, number 154. Uh, sixth round corner Gregory Jr. That is a uh, Wachita, I think it's pronounced. Baptist, number one ninety-seven. And then seventh round corner Monteric Brown, Arkansas, two twenty-two overall. So your thoughts on the Jags draft? Yeah. So I, I went out and I graded some of the picks at least the ones that i felt i could speak to based on my understanding of kind of the consensus board and stuff and i just i I came away with just not being that that thrilled by it um i love trayvon walker i think he again we've talked about his athleticism he's literally a one-on-one athlete but when you are taking when you're selecting with the number one overall pick you also have to factor in mitigating risk and Ian Hutchinson for me is just, he's a clean evaluation. He progressed every year at Michigan and he is still a freak athlete too. His three cone time, which is a really good indicator for like getting around the edge, all that stuff is like historic. Like it's in like the 99th percentile. So to me, Aiden Hutchinson would have been a layup. Um, you know, I still like Trayvon Walker, but it is a risk. You know, you you have to bet on that you're going to be able to develop this guy to a new position. And I think he can because of that athletic profile. Um, but again, it's going to take some more work. Um, Devin Lloyd, I, I love as a player. Mm. But him and Muma... I just don't know what the process is from a team building standpoint because they just went out and paid Foye Aluaka. They just paid him to a top five inside linebacker deal. Yep. And I think the reason why linebackers get devalued, I guess, is because I mean you're at most in today's NFL you're really playing with two. Yeah. on the field right it's mostly and then sometimes you, when you're in dime you're only playing with one so i just like i like i like chad Muma, right he's your boy he's he's a great he's a good player 
And at 70, this is where we we talked about it all throughout the pre-draft process. That's where the value at linebacker was. You had a bunch of dudes mm-hmm. fall into that place, including Nicobe Dean, which nobody saw coming. <laughs> but I just don't know how Muma's going to see the field, you know? Right. Um, yeah. I just it's it's just interesting, interesting team building. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so I liked their their first four picks. Uh, they got three starters uh, right off the bat, with Trayvon Walker being the bookend to Josh Allen, Devin Lloyd sliding in beside, like you said, Foya say to Uh mm. and then Luke Fortner slides right in. Um, for where, why am I blanking on his name? Guy that retired. Linder. Brandon Linder, yes. Uh, retired. So uh, he slides right into center. I think, I don't know if he will, they'll just give him that spot. Um, he might have to fight against Tyler Shatley for that spot, but um, I would expect him to start, maybe. But yeah, um, Muma. I think for one, you know, he's going to be the third guy at linebacker. And then I think he's going to be a great special teams player, especially this first year for them. Um, Because they also signed uh, Shaq Quarterman as well. So they have four four linebackers there. And especially in the 3-4 like you were saying, it kind of doesn't make sense when you only have two off-ball linebackers on the field. But right, we'll see. We'll see how he does. Uh, I was just surprised they didn't draft the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they signed Christian Kirk. They still have Marvin Jones. Um. Or did they just sign him? He was in. Was he in Detroit last year? Still. No, he was. was he I Detroit? think he's on a two-year deal. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I couldn't remember. Uh, and then you know they have Zay Jones, Chenault returns, Treadwell returns, Agnew returns, but I just don't think there's that oomph, that oomph factor yeah. at, at the wide yeah. receiver position no, yeah. for it's, them. It's a lot of mid. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, like you were saying, you know, as much as I love Chad Muma, maybe they would have used that 70th pick on a, on a receiver at that point when we still had guys that were good there. Yeah, um, yep. Because, you know, we saw the Giants take Wondell Robinson over a bunch of other guys. I mean, that was in the second round. Um, right. But, yeah, there was still plenty of value at 70 at the wide receiver position that I think the Jags could have jumped on instead of, taking a second mm-hmm. linebacker. Yeah. I think I think with their wide receiver room, the best way I saw it described is that they they raised the floor of their wide receiver <laughs> room, right? Like, they got depth, but, like, the ceiling is still, like... Right. <laughs> like, they don't have a number one guy, and, like... I mean, Marvin Jones can be a number two when he's healthy, but, like, he's getting older... I just, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, I think it would have been more valuable to take, like, Jalen Tolbert at 70 instead of an off-ball linebacker who might not see the field for you only on special teams, so. 
Yeah, just looking at guys that were there that went after 70. Um, he got uh, the Bears took Valus Jones right after them at 71. Um, there, oh, yeah, like you said, Tolbert was there at 88 to the Cowboys. There weren't many receivers. David Bell was still there somehow. Uh, Danny Gray, I'm not that. Yeah. But at least those, those three, you know, Jones, Tolbert, and Bell, I think what it gave, gave them something at least. Uh, I was also questioning the Snoop Connor selection. Again, it's another guy that I really like. Yeah. But they have Robinson still. ETN's yep. coming back from his Liz Franck injury. And they still have Raquel Armstead, too. Yep. So I don't know how Snoop's going to see the field. but Right. It's the same, it's the same deal. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is like, I mean, when you get into the later rounds, right, you're just, you're basically just drafting, like, okay, who's at the top of your board? But, like, right. I mean, that one, you was taking 154, right? Snoop Conner. You could still get, like, a impactful special teamer there and, like, wait until the 200s to get a depth running back. You know what I mean? I just... Yeah, and yeah. I think I they waited to go corner, but there was a guy that went a couple picks after Snoop Connor, a guy that the Bucks got, Zion McCollum. Yeah, that I think would have been very good. Um, yeah, or he's an athletic freak. Even another wide receiver there. There's Kyle Phillips to the Titans, which we'll talk about at one sixty-three. Yeah. Or even instead of taking a guy like Snoop, you know, the, the Vikings took Ty Chandler at 169. I think that would have given them something more of a backup back. I feel like Snoop Connor is a guy that isn't going to be good as a backup because he's not a pass catcher. He's a banger. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I didn't write it down, but you said you graded. Do you have a uh, letter grade or? Yeah, I I gave it a C minus just because I I didn't like the value, you know. And part of the draft is the value. You gotta you have to put it into your your big board. Right. Um. So, I mean, I I did like the defense first strategy because like I felt like this was a very defensive oriented class there are a lot of really good defenders in this class mm. and there are a lot of really good linebackers that i look like i like all the linebackers they got it's just like we talked about it's it's not that valuable especially when you went out in free agency and you already paid a guy so right. <laughs> cut him <laughs> trade him <laughs> yeah. cool. uh Okay, last thing on the Jags here. In terms of uh, fantasy, so obviously we only have one offensive skill position player to talk about in Snoop Connor. Um, these rankings that I have were from Mike Clay on ESPN, his dynasty rankings. So Snoop isn't ranked in the, I think he had top 
250, I think. Something like that. Uh, he ranked the overall top 250 of his dynasty rankings. And then he ranked the top 65 rookies as well. Uh, like I said, Connor wasn't listed on the overall dynasty rankings. He was on the rookie rankings. Number 47 on there, RB15. Um, so, very, very low. <laughs> but um, That's actually higher than I would have anticipated, though, to be honest. Because, like we talked about, he's, he's behind two really good backs. Yeah. That's, you know... 47, depending on how many teams you have and how many rounds, when a lot of leagues only do three rounds. Uh, I know yeah. I know the Dynasty League that I run, we do five. Uh, so he, mm. would, he would fall into our draft because we have 10 teams with five rounds, so 50 picks. Mm. Um, highly doubt he gets drafted anywhere. Yeah. Especially in those three round dynasty leagues. Right. But yep. Yeah. Yeah, he's not on my board. <laughs> we have to do three rounds. Okay. Uh, moving on to the Texans. So, uh, like I said, Stingley at three, Kenyon Green at 15. Second round. Came back. Got two good players there. Uh, safety Jalen Petrie out of Baylor, number 37. A wide receiver John Mechie the third, Alabama, number forty-four. Went back to the Bama well. Obviously Nick Casario being from the Patriots. He knows that Alabama connection well. Uh third round linebacker Christian Harris, seventy-fifth overall. Fourth round, running back Damian Pierce, Florida, one oh seven. Uh fifth round, couple guys, defensive tackle Thomas Booker out of Stanford, number one fifty. And tight end Tegan Quitoriano, Oregon State, number 170. Uh, and then their final pick in the sixth, offensive line, Austin DeCoolis, LSU, 205 overall. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually ended up really liking this draft for the Texans. Um I like the Stingley pick. I mean, I had Sauce as my CB1, but, I mean, not that far behind. Or he, Stingley wasn't that far behind for me. I think that was pretty much the consensus is, like, toss a coin, you know. <laughs> whichever guy you want to do something else is who's going to be your CB1. So they got theirs. It's, it's a premium player at a premium position of need. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't like the Kenyon Green pick. Um, felt like it was a bit of a reach. It wasn't a massive reach, right? I mean, Kenyon Green was getting kind of late, late first, early second um, grades, um, and maybe they feel he can play some tackle because I mean he did do that at at A and M in some spots. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean they they add to the O line there. Um, but I, I love the Jalen Petrie pick. Um, you know, getting another guy who can. You can pair with Stingley. Um, he can play slot. He can play in the box downhill. He's a pretty good tackler, pretty hard hitter. Um, I thought, again, 75, that's where the value was at, at linebacker for me in this draft. And Christian Harris, I think, was a guy who became very underrated. 
in this process and kind of like the forgotten guy in a in a uh, class with a bunch of really good linebackers. And then Mechie and Damian Pierce, I think, are just going to be able to come in. Whenever Mechie's healthy, I think he's just going to be able to come in and be like a solid producer. Like, I don't think he's going to be flashy or anything, but I think he's just going to bring value to your offense. Yeah, the uh, the last three picks I wasn't too up on on either of those three. Booker, Quatoriano, and DeColis. I had heard of Quatoriano. Uh, but I love the the Mechie pick and the hair the, the Alabama boys second and third rounds. Now Mechie He's not going to start right away. Um, obviously, still working back from the ACL and the SEC championship game. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think maybe near the end of the year or middle of the year, he could essentially take over for uh, Chris Conley in the top three with Cooks and Nico Collins. Uh, who, mm-hmm. I, who I just picked up in Dynasty because I was looking Smart. I was looking for a guy I, I knew Agnew wasn't gonna you know I had to drop Agnew so yep um, I was looking for someone that was out there at this point that I could take and uh, Collins was available luckily but mm-hmm. uh, yeah helping out Davis Mills it's interesting they have Marlon Mack as the leading running back right now um, but. That, it's a solid situation for Damian Pierce. I mean, he has mm-hmm. a great opportunity with not an established running back RB1 on the offense, um, unless you want to call Sexy Rexy an established RB1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a great – and I love Damian Pierce. I love I love his, his game. You know, he is a – he's a physical dude. Mm-hmm. That that clip of him uh, where he, <laughs> he he his helmet pops off right and he keeps going is just nuts. <laughs> so I mean I like I like him as a fantasy option long term. Um, you know, first year maybe he splits time with Mac, but I don't know. I think this could be another like mid round guy who becomes the like a fantasy gem. Yeah, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him when uh, my dynasty rookie draft comes up here in June, because uh, we always yep. we try to do it a month after the draft happens. Um, but yeah, in terms of Mike Clay's rankings here, uh, before we do that, actually, I think we I think before we did that for the Jags, we got your grade on the Texans. Uh yeah, I had A minus. Give it an A minus. Alright. Uh and Mike Clay's rankings for the three skill position guys here. Um I'll go I'll I'll first say the guy that isn't ranked on either the top top two fifty or the top sixty five rookies. Uh unfortunately Tegan Quatoriano did not make it on either list. <laughs> They're sleeping. They're as sleeping the, on uh, them. As the third string tight end for the Texans. 
behind Brevin Jordan and Pharaoh Brown. Uh, but John Mechie, number 93 overall. Uh, wide receiver 46 in the top 250. And then uh, in terms of rookie rankings, he was ranked 13th. And that gets him to wide receiver 10. There are only three other players in the top 13 that aren't wide receivers. Other uh, rookie rankings, top 65 rookies. Uh, and then Damian Pierce, number 135 overall, RB39. And this is what I really like. He was ranked 20th in the rookies, RB5, though. Top five rookie running back. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably where I'd put him. So I will hopefully, <laughs> I'm hoping that I can steal him. I don't have a first round pick. So I'm hoping I can. Get him with one of my second-round picks, or if he slips to the third somehow. <laughs> That's a 10-man league, you said? Yeah. I think you got a good chance to get him in the second. Okay. Uh, let's see. Titans. So, I had the A.J. Brown trade, used that pick to, tra- to uh, get his replacement in Traylon Burks. Uh, 18th overall out of Arkansas. Uh, second round, got corner Roger McCreary, Auburn, number 35. Uh, third round, two picks, offensive tackle Nicholas petit Frayer. I don't know why I forgot the Frayer part on the script, but... <laughs> uh, Ohio, Ohio State, number 69 overall. That's interesting. I think that could be his number if he just... So that's a lineman number. Uh, that's a good lineman number, too. Nice. And then uh, quarterback Malik Willis, Liberty, number 86. Uh, fourth round, running back Hassan Haskins, Michigan, 131. Uh, tight end Chigosium Okwankwo, uh, Maryland, number 143. Fifth, wide receiver Kyle Phillips. There's only supposed to be one L there, apparently. I did not know that. <laughs> UCLA, number 163. Uh, sixth corner, Leo Je- uh, Theo, not Leo, Theo Jackson, Tennessee, 204. And then linebacker Chance Campbell, Ole Miss, number 219. Yeah, you know, the Titans are interesting because I really liked their draft, but it's like, <laughs> it's like stained with an undercurrent of like, remorse you know because it's you know they lost aj brown and it it feels like that you know a lot of their identity left with them you know Mm -hmm. even though you know i think traylon birch can comp as a similar player um and i think they did they got as much value as they could back in that right they got 18 and 86 which they ended up using on burks and Willis, respectively, I believe. Um, but yeah, it's just, and even in the body language of like Mike Vrabel, like if, when you saw him in the in the war room, like he looked just like dejected. <laughs> yeah. Um, when they lost AJ Brown, and I mean, it just feels like something they had to have prepared for. I mean, the reports <laughs> came out that they offered him a sixteen million per year contract. Like that's. 
that's borderline disrespectful yeah <laughs> for like in in the market that we had this offseason and for how good of a caliber player he is um i mean with that aside i i did really like their draft um i like burks i really like burks's fantasy value um because he's going to get a lot of a lot of run right away um mccreary good um, I think it gives them some insurance if Caleb Farley, their first rounder last year, just literally can't stay healthy. Um, free air, you know, their offense is predicated on a line play, get another alignment. To me, Malik Willis was, I mean, <laughs> it, Malik Willis is my QB1. I didn't have him that much farther over Kenny Pickett. Um, obviously teams felt differently, but I still think it's a huge steal and I think it's a perfect fit for Tennessee because he doesn't have to like rush in right away. Um except that Tannehill's not gonna mentor him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. A lot of people had a lot of takes on that, and my take is Tannehill's right. Like he's nothing he's saying is wrong, <laughs> but he's talking really cocky for a guy who like disappeared last year. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I, I don't want to rag on him because he talked a lot about it in that press conference about, you know, how he had, he went to therapy and he's really in a dark place after it. But like the reports came out that like they didn't consult with him when they selected Willis. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they didn't have to like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, so, single-handedly lost a playoff game so right yeah <laughs> so right it's, just, it's like baker mayfield like leaking that he wants to go to the colts like you you have to be aware of like <laughs> the level of influence you have yeah <laughs> um but yeah i liked the hassan haskins pick um i think he can be a really good backup because he he had a he played a physical brand of football at michigan think he can be a good backup for for henry um i like the oconquo pick um i think he'd be a pretty athletic kind of move tight end for them h back whatever they really want to do and you mentioned kyle phillips earlier i mean ready-made slot guy um so yeah i think they had a really good draft it's just again it's it's that undercurrent of like wow we really don't have aj brown anymore. yeah i i liked it there was only uh, maybe one uh, theo jackson was really the only guy i didn't know about too much uh Mm -hmm. i know there were a lot of people saying mccreary was a reach at 35 um maybe a little bit too early but they needed corner help uh, they've struck out quite a bit. I mean, you know, they haven't gotten stellar play from their top guys that they've drafted. Christian Fulton, Caleb Farley, Elijah Molden. Those are the three that are on the roster anyways right now. But, yeah, I I liked, like you said, the fourth-round guys, Haskins and Oconquo. Haskins, I think, is a perfect fit uh, <laughs> to be the backup. Because they, I mean, as much as Deontay Foreman tried, 
you know, it just was not the same with him in the backfield. Right. Unfortunately, he's a Panther now. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I think Haskins is going to do well as as the backup to uh, Henry there. And Okonkwo is probably – he's a diamond in the rough, I think. You know, he's listed as the third string. They signed Hooper. They still have Jeff Swaim. I think Okonkwo could take over Swaim's spot at least as the backup to Hooper. Mm-hmm. Really liked him at Maryland. Um, not the biggest in terms of tight ends. 6'2", 244. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a little bit more closer to wide receiver. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I like those two, really. And the Malik Willis thing, I think it's a good spot. You know, he's going to... Tannehill's got, uh, I think, two two years left on his deal. Yep. So I think that's that's it. <laughs> it's going to be a perfect. He's gonna. They're going to follow the, the Aaron Rodgers method and let Willis sit for two years and... See how it goes. Yeah. And I think that that was the best case scenario for Malik Willis. I think, you know, you saw during the pre-draft process, he was getting some hype at, you know, to the Panthers and stuff like that. Obviously, it was overrated, I guess, at least in the eyes of the league. Um, The media and the league were way off in terms of how they evaluated this QB class. But I think going to a place where he can just – Develop, develop, develop is mm-hmm. the best thing for him. So your uh, overall grade for Tennessee here? Yeah, I gave this one an A minus two. I just think it was a very solid draft to kind of let it come to them. The Malik Willis pick really, I think, shoots the value up because I think at that spot it was. You know, his his ceiling is so high, and even if he never reaches it, I mean, you gave up pick eighty six for it. So, um, and then like you said, they had really good mid round picks. So I think can, I think you can just find ways to use them. I mean, like you said, Okonkwo is undersized. But I mean, if you want to use him as a fullback or like an H back, you know, <laughs> move tight end. Like you can find ways to to use them that are fun and can bring value to your team. So. Yeah, I like I like it. I think it's a solid A minus draft. Yeah, I think even if they want to put him outside, because they do not have the biggest wide receiver room, uh, you know, outside of Traylon Burks, who's six mm-hmm. three. You know, Westbrook Akina six two. I think. Uh, Fitz, Des Fitzpatrick, 6'2". Racy McMath, I think, is their tallest wide receiver they have. 6'3", tied with Traylon Burks. So. Uh, but also, I forgot to say, my boy Chance Campbell, there at the end, he was a guy I liked from week one of college football last year. Had a, an amazing game uh, against Louisville week one last year. Uh, in the fall, really liked him. 
got got him in the sixth. They have a pretty decent foursome. They're at linebacker David Long, uh, Zach Cunningham, Chance Campbell, and Monty Rice. So we got uh, quite a bit here in terms of dynasty rankings, a bunch of skill position guys. So uh, Traylon Burks, he was number 39 overall, obviously. I mean, he's going to start week one. So, um, gotta think that he is, I don't, I don't know who the number one overall rookie is going to be, uh, in, in dynasty drafts. I don't have, try to get his rankings back up here, but I think he's gotta be close. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him getting some number one play. I would probably put him at two, um, just because I, I do believe that Drake London is going to turn into a pretty good, productive wide receiver. So I'd have, I've had that, I've, I, I would put them one and two. Um, yeah. I mean, but I mean, you could put Brees Hall at one, two. I just think that his fantasy value might be a little limited because of Michael Carter's catching ability, you know, out of the backfield. Um, but yeah, I mean, Traylon Burks is going to be. He's going to get a bunch of targets right away. Okay, so it was top 240 overall, and top 65 rookies. So, yeah, he has Drake London, number one. Yeah, Traylon Burks. Uh, rookie, uh, I forgot to say, wide receiver 20 on the overall rankings. And uh, rookie number four, and he is wide receiver three. And London and Garrett Wilson. And Brees Hall is the other guy that's ahead of him, overall rookies. Yeah. Uh, Malik Willis, he did make the top 240, number 230 overall. Um, he is QB 32 on that <laughs> top 240, so that's kind of interesting. But obviously it's dynasty ranking, so you're going to put Willis. Uh, I think Corral is on there. Pickett and Desmond Ritter, I think, would be on there as well. I don't know if Sam Howell made it. Baker Mayfield made it, though. <laughs> yeah, Corral, Ritter, Pickett. Yeah, I don't think Howell made the top 240 dynasty. But, uh... In terms of rookie ranks, Malik Willis, number 43 out of 65. And he is QB4, like he is in the top. With uh, It goes Pickett, Ritter, Corral, Willis. Mm. I think yeah, I, I, think I mean, that's, that's interesting. Did Howell make the... Yes, he did make the top. You know what? There are two other quarterbacks that made the top 65 rookies. Can you guess the sixth quarterback? I'm going to say... I'm, I think it's going to be two. I think Carson Strong. Is it Carson Strong? No. Even though he went UD, UDFA? No. Nope. Is it Zappy? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, those are my two guys. Like, it's either strong or zappy. My boy Zappy made it 64th. He got yeah. in. <laughs> Love to see it. Uh, Hassan Haskins here, number 158 on the overall rankings. Uh, RB49. So, you know, in redraft leagues, you're a Henry owner. Or you get Henry early, or if in Dynasty, you know you're the you're a Henry owner, you better uh-huh. be getting him. <laughs> you gotta. Yep. Um, rookie rankings, he's number thirty-one, and uh, RB eleven. I thought that was kind of low, but I don't. Let me see who else is ahead of him. Uh, he got Zeus. Tyrion Davis-Price, Brian Robinson, Tyler Algier, Isaiah Spiller, obviously uh, Brees Hall's one, James Cook, Ken- Kenneth Walker. I don't like that they that Kenneth Walker is in. I don't know if that if he like definitely changed it on all the all his stuff to Ken. I don't like it. I like Davis. Yeah, that doesn't flow right to me. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, Chigo Okonkwo, not, unfortunately, ranked in the overall top 240 on Dynasty. Uh, but he was in the rookie rankings, uh, 58th there, and tight end 10. Again, I think, you know, he's got a shot. Uh, the nine tight ends ranked above him. Daniel Bellinger with the Giants. Jake Ferguson with the Cowboys. Jeremy Ruckert with the Jets. He's only ranked tight end seven in the rookie rankings. Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler, sixth and fifth. Uh, Cade Otten with the Bucks, tight end four. Uh, Jelani Woods, which we'll talk about, tight end three. Greg Dulcich, tight end two with the Broncos. And tight end one, Trey McBride with the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, Oconquo is going to be as good as they can creatively scheme stuff for him, I think. Yeah, and speaking of tight ends, I got my Zach Ertz jersey on. Uh, just because Eagles rookie minicamp, along with a couple other teams, was starting this week. And uh, they had Grant Calcaterra, his press conference, and uh, he said he models his game after Zach Ertz. He thinks they play the exact same way. So I uh, had to wear my Ertz jersey because of Grant being at rookie minicamp for the Eagles. Nice. Uh, and lastly, for the Titans, in terms of dynasty rankings, Kyle Phillips, not ranked on the overall top 240. Did make it in the rookie rankings, 49th there. Uh, wide receiver, 23. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, last one here. The Colts, no first-round pick for them. Uh, but they got some good picks with the rest of their mm-hmm. selections. Uh, Second-round wide receiver, Alec Pierce, Cincinnati. Uh, 53rd overall. Third round, 
They went uh, tight end Jelani Woods from Virginia, 73rd overall. Also in the third round, two more picks here. Offensive tackle Bernard Ryman, which they made sure was pronounced correctly during the draft. It's not Raymond, it's Ryman because it's uh, German. Uh, from Central Michigan, number 77. And then they also got in the third safety Nick Cross, Maryland, 96th. Uh, no fourth rounder. Fifth round defensive tackle Eric Johnson, Missouri State, number 159. Mark's alma mater there. Got nice. one. <laughs> got one. <laughs> uh, two sixth rounders, tight end Andrew Ogletree, Youngstown State, number 192. And defensive tackle Curtis Brooks, Cincinnati, 216. And then round seven, uh, corner Rodney Thomas out of Yale, 239. The uh, Bulldogs get one in. Wow. <laughs> Ivy Leaguer. You know, that's that's actually who Georgia got its mascot from, from Yale. Really? Because Georgia's first president was a Yale grad. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. In the 1800s. <laughs> 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 but uh, go ahead. Go ahead. The Colts draft. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, you know, they needed pass catchers. They needed – and they needed a tackle. And they did it. They got – they got two really good pass catchers, high upside guys. And, I mean, Ryan, uh, Ryman, he he was getting first-round hype. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that PFF really liked him. They had him as high as, I think, 14 on their board. Um, I wasn't as high on him, at least in that regard, because he is older and, you know, he still needs to develop a little bit. But, I mean, this was outstanding value for him. I mean, this is way lower on the board than what his consensus was at, which was probably around, like, 30, I think, like, late first. Um, Alec Pierce is a guy who I really liked during the pre-draft process. Um, fast. Um, he's 6'3 and ran a 4'3'7. Um, good deep ball guy. He's got a pretty good release at the line of scrimmage. Um, I think maybe he needs to work on, like, separating at the top of his routes a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, I think he's going to be he's going to be able to play a role for them right away. Um, Jelani Woods is another guy I absolutely have fell in love with during the pre-draft uh, pre process. And, I mean, it's hard not to. He's 6'7", six, six, 250, and he moves exceptionally well. Um you know, maybe it was a little early at 73, but anytime you can get, like, a freak athlete like that, like, you just, you do it. Mm -hmm. And then Nick Cross at 96 was the last guy I had on here because I didn't really, didn't feel like I could speak to the other picks, at least where where they were at. But right. Nick Cross is a guy who is an author, athletic freak, um, can help play a role in their secondary. Um so, yeah, I mean, I think with their top four picks, they got four guys who can contribute right away. And that's kind of what they needed to do to really kick this roster into gear. Yeah, the the last four I also did not know too much about. I was kind of shocked they the, – the double D tackles didn't really shock me because they did need depth there behind Buckner and Grover Stewart. Um mm -hmm. But the double tight end was questionable in my mind because they still they re-sign Mo Ali Cox, 
Uh-huh. They signed. Uh, or they drafted actually last year, Kyler Granson, Kylan Granson, from SMU. Yeah. In the fourth round last year. So the Andrew Ogletree thing, I'm not sure what that was about. I would have liked, I would have rather them doubled on wide receivers because even with Alec Pierce, I'm not <laughs> that high on the rest of their wide receiver depth. Um, yeah. Pittman, Pierce, and Campbell, which even Campbell at three is still, I mean, can he stay on the field? That's yeah the biggest issue with him. Uh, but then, you know, you got Ashton Duleen, Desmond Patton, Mike Strachan, Kiki QT, and a guy that I don't know into Michael Harris. But let's see who was around there on 192 in terms of wideouts. Obviously not going to be top-end guys. Um, a guy I don't know too much about, Michael Woods. Brown's at 202. Oklahoma. Uh, maybe there weren't that many guys. Maybe, maybe they did what did right by taking a tight end. I mean, there's still a couple guys out there. Bo um, Melton, the Seahawks took in, in the seventh. I would have liked Bo Melton in the seventh. Yeah. Uh, a guy like Lenore Rhines, Derek Young, I think has some potential possibility. Yeah. There weren't really that many wide receivers taken after the sixth round. Three. Samori Torre to the Packers. Yes, sir. But, yeah. So I guess that that's fine. But I still don't think tight end, even if it wasn't receiver, some other position... You know, they it yeah. looks in terms of their depth chart just on ESPN, obviously that's not all the players, but it looks like they could have went back to the offensive line and gotten more depth there with an interior guy because they literally have zero on their depth chart it shows nothing behind Quentin Nelson or Ryan Kelly. They have two backups for Danny Pinter at right guard. Uh, but that and I know they didn't have to but with how the quarterbacks were falling I was kind of surprised they didn't take a shot on one yeah I I could say that for a ton of teams like um, the Lions and the Vikings who I like both of their drafts. I think the Vikings defense is good. And I mean, we'll get to the NFC North later, but like the Lions taking Malik Willis would scare me more than, you know, them taking Josh Pascal, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just because again, his ceiling is nuts or any, really any one of these guys, you know, them taking Desmond Ritter, you know, in terms of the Lions though, I, I agreed with what they were doing. I agree. No, I love their draft. Taking, I love. I agree with not taking one though. Uh, really? Yeah, because especially what I heard from some of the Dan Campbell bits that I that I've seen, and uh, I haven't really heard too much 
from Brad Holmes, but uh, it makes sense. They're they're just riding golf this year, and they'll go into next year more than likely in a position because they're not expecting to win a lot of games. Uh, they're going to go into next year's draft with the expectation that they'll draft one there in a better quarterback class. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I My my thinking is that once you get into, like, the third round, you don't really have any ob- – really, actually, once you get to the back end of the first, like, you don't really have an obligation to stick with, like, a quarterback, mm-hmm. you know? So even if they took, like, Willis, and then next year they were in a position to get, like, Bryce Young – CJ Stroud, one of these more top end guys that we assume are going to be coming out. Um, in my opinion, they could still do that because they don't necessarily have any ties to a third round pick. Um, yeah. And but I still, yeah, I still wouldn't wouldn't uh, put the fire out on Baker to the Colts. It's just, are the Browns willing to go as low as the Colts want to go in terms of compensation? Mm. And obviously yeah. the Browns are going to have to eat. I would say at the very, at the minimum, the Browns are going to have to eat thirteen million. He's due eighteen. Yeah, I think it's going to end up having to eat more, like fifteen. Uh, I think three million for a backup is is good. Uh, so. Yeah, and the Browns need to. They just need to understand that they're not going to get great return value on the former number one overall pick. Like, yeah, they literally have zero leverage in trade negotiations because he cannot be on the team by the time camp starts. Like, they have they already have enough fires to put out with the whole Deshaun Watson thing. <laughs> yeah, they can't afford the show, and they could probably use the money too. Right, uh, <laughs> the couple million that they would be able to get. Uh, in cap room but yeah that was to go in I mean don't get me wrong I like Sam Ellinger he's feisty but scrappy guy (laughs) not a quality starter at this point yet also uh, on the offense they didn't draft the running back either they're going in with Taylor and his backup as Hines, who, again, that contract was probably the dumbest contract I've seen in recent memory. <laughs> the $8 million a year man. Uh, <laughs> and the only other guy they have is Deion Jackson right now. So, I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't know what what they did in undrafted free agency but yeah yeah that's what i was wondering too maybe a udfa guy makes the team actually i have an article up on on that you can see what uh what they did obviously who knows how accurate these things are Mm. uh i went all the way to the bottom The Colts. Oh, yeah, they got some good ones. They got some good running backs undrafted for agency. 
Max Borgie, Washington State. Yep. Devontae Price, FIU. Nice. And uh, C.J. Verdell out of Oregon. Yeah, those are three. Yeah, yeah, those are solid. I love Max Borgie, man. He's my guy. Yeah. Uh, your overall grade for Indy here. Got a knock. Well, I gave this one got a, a knock an A minus two. You, you didn't you didn't give him a knock for not having a first. No, no knock. I mean, I probably could have factored in the uh, <laughs> the Carson Wentz debacle. Um, yeah, I mean, Ballard probably isn't getting enough uh, <laughs> criticism for that, I guess. Um, I mean, he did mitigate the losses to an extent because they then fleeced Washington for Wentz. <laughs> it feels like a Ponzi scheme. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how they keep keep getting away with it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think for the players that they drafted, where they drafted, I think they had a good draft. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see Ryman because uh, he's not listed as the starter yet. Uh, they still have Matt Pryor in there, which I still am like, how? Considering I have not known Matt Pryor to play tackle. And when he has, he is not very good at playing tackle. He's definitely better at playing guard. Yeah. Which I would think what they're going to end up doing is starting Ryman at left getting moving prior into their primary interior backup guy because yeah. he, can, he can play all three interior yeah yeah i think you just that's one where you just have to watch like the beat reporters for indy see what they're saying about how they want to utilize ryman um but yeah my guess is that he will play left tackle um yeah unless they brought in Somebody like if they brought Eric Fisher, Chris's back, guy. Chris's Chris guy. Every show, Chris gets in an Eric Fisher nugget. <laughs> well, I'm uh, glad I could sub in for him on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have they have good enough guys that could be the the backup tackles and Sean Coleman and Jordan Murray. Not the best, but yeah, capable if they need them. Uh, okay. Dynasty rankings here. We got two guys because uh, Andrew Ogletree. I'm sorry to say, sir, you did not make the either list. <laughs> tough, tough scene. Mike Clay probably didn't even know who he was <laughs> from Youngstown State. I mean, I didn't know who he was, but the Penguins, the Penguins of Youngstown State. Uh. Alec Pierce, though, number 97 overall on the rankings. And then uh, that puts him at wide receiver 47. Uh, and then rookie rankings, he landed at 14th overall there. Uh, wide receiver 11. Again, it's just crazy, you know. Unfortunately for me, I have a lot of good wide receivers in my dynasty team. Um, yeah. But I don't need rookie receivers. I need running yeah. backs. Uh, yeah. Because I got some older guys. Like, I got Zeke still. 
um, I'm trying to trade. And I also need a long-term development quarterback on my roster. I'm trying to trade away Aaron Rodgers right now um, because I have Josh Allen and Dak Prescott. <laughs> and I'm hoping I can get, you know, K- Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter or Matt Corral, one of those guys. I'm in the same boat. I uh, My entire RB room was predicated on Javante Williams' season this year, and Denver Broncos felt like they wanted to take that away from me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I have three firsts because oh, yeah. I traded my just my team was garbage, so I, I just traded out my RB room. I was like Javante Williams' season, but the value is that wide receiver this year. Yeah, like that's where it's at. Yeah, like Kenneth Walker is is as good as he is. You know, he's still got there's still Chris Carson and uh, Rashad Penny in that backfield. Right, Brees Hall. I mean, he's going to be the your primary back, but they still got Michael Carter who had a really good rookie season. Yeah, he's He's on my team. Carter. (laughs) Yeah, the only guy who I I honestly think could emerge as like a staunch RB1 within a couple of years is James Cook, to be honest, just because I think he can be, I think he can be what Aaron Jones is to the Packers in like that offense mm-hmm. is like your speed guy and like out of the backfield wide back. You could set him up at wide receiver on, on certain plays. He did that at Georgia. There's a couple of reps where he, he was out wide. So uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I got uh, Zeke Elliott, uh, JT, which is always great. Wow. Uh, Swift, <laughs> uh, and James Conner, who I was very happy that the Cardinals didn't draft the running back till Keontae Ingram in the fourth. Um, yep. And then I have guys coming back from injury who I traded much for last year. Uh, almost right before he got injured in training camp, J.K. Dobbins, <laughs> and then Michael Carter. So that's that's what we're looking at there. Uh, I mean, I could use I I could use some depth at the wide receiver. It's just I hate my team because it's so good, and then I have too many decisions to make on on game day. I was gonna say, dude, that's that sounds like a pretty good RB room to me. <laughs> I know, and it makes it hard because I have like, because I have uh, let's see, three, four, five. I have six picks in this draft. <laughs> dude, and, yeah, uh, me too. No, and I don't know who I'm gonna drop. No firsts, but I have two oh six, three oh four, three oh six, four oh six, five oh six, and five oh eight. Yep. I mean. It's gonna be. It's it's usually the same. The last couple of years, yeah, I'm keeping maybe one rookie out of my picks because I just don't. Yeah. I don't got the room. But yeah, love dynasty. It's the greatest thing. <laughs> <laughs> especially yeah, especially I, the wide receiver thing this year. I hate it because one of my other dynasty teams is like very, very running back bear. And it's like, bro, what am I? What am I supposed to do? Right. You're supposed to wait till 2023. 
This is the one right here. Chris Carson, Antonio Gibson, Melvin Gordon. That's all. That's all I got. That's 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 about <laughs> as bad as mine. I have I have Javante Williams, Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, and the kicker is Naeem Hines. But that so, one that one I need. That one I do need wide receivers though. That one's pretty bad. Yeah. Cole Beasley, Marquise Brown, which is a booster on the first six weeks. <laughs> Cooper Cup, who carries my team, Josh Reynolds, Devontae Smith, and Robert Woods, which also obviously got a boost with no A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's uh, not a good year to need running backs in Dynasty League. Yeah, that, that, those two those two Dynasty rosters, I, I can finagle the, uh, the rookie draft with. I'm trying to trade too, but people send me stupid trades. <laughs> There's so, always a bunch of people. Someone sent me the other day, like, uh, they wanted to give me DJ Chark for, like, a first round pick. <laughs> I'm like, bro, why? Who's yeah. in their right mind would trade a first yeah. round pick for DJ Chark, who's not even the number one wide receiver on his own team in Detroit? Yeah. Well, he's going to be the number three wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and then he tried to trade me i think uh i think it was chark for michael carter straight up <laughs> bro stop <laughs> it might be worse i mean maybe not now since they got Brees hall but <laughs> that's where you just leave it like on red you just don't even well, respond uh, he revoked that one he revoked that one <laughs> i had to decline the reject the first one though uh, but yeah, next week, next Friday is a tentative show. Not sure if we're gonna have it or not. We got to see how the first week of the internship goes and see if I can make it work or not. Uh, and then we will post something on our social media if we're changing our show times. More than likely, we will. Uh, Monday shows should be okay. Still, I think might have to kick it back an hour possibly. Uh, but yeah, Friday shows more than likely going to have to change. Uh, but anyways, next week we will have USFL week five, uh, USFL game previews, NCAA, NFL news. And if we, we're not going to have a show Monday. So more than likely this show right here is going to have to be the NFC North draft recap the eighth round series. Uh, but we will figure that out and we will uh, let everyone know what the plan is going forward. A lot of uncertainty with my schedule anyways. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's the off season now. Now we're like officially in off season. Yeah. Yeah, now it's the dog days of summer where nothing goes on except the Baker Mayfield trade and a Debo Samuel trade. <laughs> But that is the show for today. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on all our social media at FAA Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. FAAPodcast.com is our website. You can check us out here on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. I have to officially say goodbye to the podcast corner. Um, (laughs) My last show here at my apartment. So RIP. Man, to, uh, bittersweet. Apartment 362. 
but yeah thank y'all for watching thank you logan great show and we will see y'all hopefully on friday next friday see you man